Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Clearance. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you two. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and we have almost made it. The regular season is just days away. We have made it through the wildest offseason of any of our lives. So today we're going to talk about some preseason takeaways, and then we're just going to spend some time talking about things we're excited to watch this season, and how the Golden State Warriors' inevitable run to the 2018 championship should not ruin your enjoyment of the coming year. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In our bio, you can find all of our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, are my two co-hosts, Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. How's it going, you two? It's actually going surprisingly well, Brian. Usually when I wake up in the morning and I have a notification from Netflix saying, Oh, look, there's a new Adam Sandler movie out! The day goes to shit, but today it didn't. It's a good day. I wasn't run over by a car, which I probably I would have run out of in front of a car if I had seen something of that movie, but I'm good. I'm good. It's been a good day. Adam Sandler didn't fuck me. That's good. That's, that's always good to hear. And Sarah, I know you and I are both excited about the Philadelphia Eagles being 5-1. and one. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to focus on that. Uh, we got some some not so great news uh, for San Antonio, but yes, um, yeah, the birds are five and one. So yeah, yeah, that's Wait, we're, good. we're referring not no Kawhi injury or anything like that. Sarah's referring right. to the San Antonio Sparks uh, mm-hmm. potentially being purchased and moved to Las Vegas. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, as you said, 
Eagles are five and one. Yep. Focusing uh, <laughs> on that right now. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. So let's dive in preseason. We because we were doing our division previews and our conference previews and our predictions and all that good stuff, we haven't had a chance to talk about Dwayne Wade signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So Mort, your your boy finally got bought out from the Bulls. Uh he <laughs> My boy. Your boy. Your favorite bull in all of history. <laughs> Um, I think he he had he got about fifteen million signed then a one year minimum deal with Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. They have since announced that he will be in the starting lineup, moving J.R. Smith back to the bench. J.R. Smith, yeah, J.R. Smith has made some comments that like he's okay with it, like he's pissed, but he's not gonna like throw a hissy fit. He just he's like. You know, I came in and worked hard this summer, and I didn't even have a chance to get my starting job. Like, that kind of sucks, but whatever. So, based on your comment, I, I can already gather you think uh, Wade would be better suited coming off the bench? Actually, it was more along the lines of pairing up with Derek Rose I'm concerned with, because mm-hmm. none of them are shooters. That was really mm-hmm. the main thing. But the thing with Dwayne Wade is it's just a marginal move. He's not a quote-unquote good player anymore. Don't get me wrong, he still has talent, and at his age, he can still perform somewhat decently at times, but he's not that night-in, night-out consistency player that he once was. He doesn't command double teams anymore. He's wildly inefficient, and he's just stopped giving a damn defensively. Now, that might change because it's Cleveland, and he's playing alongside LeBron James, his best friend of all time, which seems to be the primary motivation but even so, his body was just not what it used to be. He can still get up and he can dunk and all that, but defensively, he's probably going to be a train wreck. Combine that with Derrick Rose, who is a defensive train wreck as well, and I'm not really liking that because they don't add shooting on the other end of the floor. It's all about taking the ball, waiting a couple seconds, and then trying to dribble drive their way to the hoop. I just don't like that fit. I would rather see J.R. Smith start alongside Rose to provide some spacing, and then have Wade come off the bench. See what happens there. Yeah, I I totally agree, especially because Wade has been functioning in the preseason at times as a kind of like a primary ball handler. So I thought that was actually a really good role for him coming off the bench, at least until Isaiah Thomas comes back, because otherwise you're relying on Jose Calderon or Kay Felder, assuming both of those guys make the team. Like their their point guard depth right now is not all that great, so it seems like you would want a guy like Wade or Rose or James handling the ball at all times. You don't a championship team should not be relying on Jose Calderon at this point in his career. So I'm with you. I, I thought you know I was for a reason we'll talk about in a second. I like became higher on the Cavs because they made another lineup change that I thought actually made them better suited to play the Warriors. But now if this sticks, like, you know, I know Isaiah will come back and displace Rose in the starting lineup, but imagine a Rose-Wade backcourt against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It's or just hell, gonna be... Isaiah Thomas-Wade yeah. backcourt. <laughs> right. Look, th- that's really the main crux of the issue here. You have Rose, horrible defender, Wade, horrible defender, and Isaiah Thomas, horrible defender. How are they not going to get absolutely abused by Stephen Clay. Yeah. Or even like, you, shit, focus on the East. Wall and Beal. Lowry oh, and yeah, they're going to carve them up. 
uh, I mean, Kyrie and whatever one of the five wings that Boston has mm. that are playing the nominal too. Like Toronto as well. Yeah. Ky- Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan even. Yeah. 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 It's. I, I, hmm. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> I, I am skeptical that that's their best play. But I, the, the other move they made in the starting lineup, I'm actually more intrigued by. So they have slid Kevin Love to the five to make room for Jay Crowder starting at the four. Tristan Thompson is now coming off the bench. So, Sarah, what do you think about that move? I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um, Like I said, we talked about that a few weeks ago, that they need to get Kevin Love going, so I'm perfectly fine with that. Only caveat being they really need to hit the glass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're taking your main rebounder out of the starting lineup, that's got to be an emphasis for everybody on the floor. So that will be the most interesting thing to watch for me. Do you think he provides enough rim protection that they'll be able to stay with that all year? Whew. Don't you say <laughs> really? no, Sarah? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's kind of an ugly question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, he doesn't. But there again, it'll have to be a group effort. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be dicey at best. Yeah, I mean... It's not like Tristan is an elite shot blocker of his own. So I'm less... I feel like it's probably a defensive downgrade. I mean, it's definitely a defensive downgrade from Tristan to Love. But getting Jay... You know, I've talked about this before, where I just thought having Jay play alongside LeBron is going to be so valuable so LeBron doesn't have to both shoulder the scoring load and like be the offensive fulcrum but then also have to guard the best wing player. Like, that's what, you know, he wore out in the finals because he was doing that and he had to guard Kevin Durant. Now you have Jay Crowder to guard Kevin Durant. LeBron could be, like, hidden away on Iguodala or on Draymond Green (laughs) or something like that. And he can save more of his energy for offense where he's going to have to carry the entire team, as he always does. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm, like, morbidly intrigued by this move. I'm not convinced it's going to work, but, you know... More as you were saying, like if you if you have two non shooters in the backcourt, you can't also then start Tristan Thompson. Like you need at least you know Kevin Love is going to be a stretch five, which mm-hmm. you know more teams are or teams are getting better equipped to guard that. But we'll see, you know what if it if it works if it I don't know it's going to be interesting. I mean that. 0.4 block rate is just very intriguing for Kevin yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're going to be a trade wreck defensively, that entire squad. Let's be real. It doesn't matter. It's not like they could really, you know, defend the Warriors anyway. It's like, I have to laugh, Brian, even when you say, you know, they can hide LeBron on like Ingo Dollars. So it's like, there's nowhere to hide anybody. You, you Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide against the Warriors. It's just scary. Yeah. I mean, right. That's, that's their problem but luckily they don't have to deal with that until exactly June. so they, they have one i mean that's the good thing they have the entire regular season to figure this out but you know I, I was when i heard about jay moving in the starting lineup i'm like oh okay cleveland like i'm back <laughs> on you back on the you're gonna win the number one seed bandwagon and then i heard wade's in the starting lineup I'm like you're gonna be fourth place god damn it like you you can't just you, you had something nice going you had a good idea <laughs> You had four shooters next to Derrick Rose, who like is only saving his threes for the playoffs. 
<laughs> Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. So let's talk about some notable injuries quickly, because uh, unfortunately, we've had a couple of them throughout the preseason. Rajan Rondo, Mort, let's start with him. He's out yep. four to six weeks with a sports hernia. Mm. We were talking, you know, when we did the Pelicans preview about, the, you know, they've got Boogie, Brow, Rondo, Drew, and that's it. Like, they had very precious little depth, and now Rondo's going to miss conceivably the first month of the season. So in theory, Drew can slide over to the one, but then the Pelicans, who are already really thin on the wings... What do they do there? Do you think they can survive having Rondo out the first month? I actually think this is a blessing in disguise because they have three shooting guards who can contribute. They have each one more, Jordan Crawford and Ian Clark. They also have Tony Allen, but at what, 15,000 years old? I'm not really sure how much <laughs> he can contribute anymore, especially the fact that he's not a shooter. Right, but I've always loved each one more. I think he's a rock solid guy. You also wanted him on the Sixers a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Ian Clark is pretty underrated. Jordan Crawford, for all his faults, played pretty well for him last year. He was a high scorer on low minutes, so I kind of think that this is going to help them in the short term. They get a couple points squeezed out that they might not squeeze out with Rondo in the lineup. Mm. So when the, when he comes back, those guys are ready, coming off the bench, going, you know what, I've, I've got my reps in, I have found this offensive rhythm, I can create shots off the dribble, I can make these things, I mean, I know my spots on the floor. Hopefully that's, is, that's what's going to happen, because, good lord, this team just needs whatever small drop of depth they can get. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> I'm so worried about this team because Boogie and Brown have both looked great in the preseason. And, you know, Drew will be fine, but, like, eh, I just don't understand what they're doing. And I, I'm, I'm I'm very, very skeptical about this long-term outlook of the Pelicans just because of their cap situation and, you know, that complete lack of depth on the wing. Zach Lowe just put out his preview column today, uh, or his, like, 32 predictions and one of them was uh he he wanted to say that they would trade boogie straight up for hassan whiteside which i thought was actually really interesting for both sides but then he's like but then i actually talked to the teams and neither one's gonna do it so the pelicans are just gonna have to max out boogie next summer (laughs) i i I still don't know why people are so down on this pairing how much run did they get together last last season how many games 17 games games, i think come on that's nothing 
I know. I think they're going to be good. It's just the rest of the team. Like they they don't have they have Drew, and that's it. Like that this team is going to suck because they <laughs> they devoted yeah. so many resources and pissed away so many first round draft picks. Like they have, yeah, you know, they, they it was just you have Anthony Davis, and you you should be able to be better than this, but you've just mismanaged every possible step basically since then. Like you yeah. could have had Nerlens Noel and Alfred Payton. And that's just well, to start. Yeah. Is that better, though? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, let's go to Dante Exum, Sarah. He may miss the entire season with a shoulder injury. His timetable is still unclear, so it, it may not be the whole season, but it sounds like he's going to miss significant time. Morton and I talked about him on Tuesday because uh, he is coming up for an extension, and we are, I think both of us were at the point where we said, I wouldn't extend him at all. I think Mort said he would lowball the hell out of him, and then if he didn't sign, that's fine. Um, what I mean, let's assume he does miss the whole season. What do you see as his outlook moving forward? Do you still have hope for him to you know, live up to that number five overall status? Do you think he's just going to be a role player at this point, or do you think he has top 15, top 20 point guard potential in the future? It's it's really tough to go out on a limb and say that, considering how little he's been able to actually get any kind of traction. You know, I'm just really disappointed for him, and that he's going into his fourth year and could potentially miss two full seasons out of those four years. It's really hard to get any kind of footing in the league, uh, missing that much time early in your career. Uh, I want to say that there's still hope for him there's there's a decent player in there he, he's got the length to really be dangerous if he could ever you know put it all together but it's just he has to be on the floor you know and it's you know through no fault of his own but he just hasn't been able to be out there yeah yeah it's, it's a bummer it's i mean i know ben Dowsett of basketball insiders is a big utah fan and he was touting him as a sleeper most improved player it sounds like he had made some big strides this summer so it's always a bummer when especially when young players get hurt because you want to see the league's next wave of talent and uh hopefully he gets back healthy and can avoid the injuries that have befallen him these first couple years yeah you never know i mean maybe it works out to where he gets in a great situation from this a team that maybe couldn't have afforded him otherwise so that's true you never know Mm. and this shouldn't affect his athleticism this is a shoulder just... injury, and this is very significant. It's not a lower body injury. Mm-hmm. That's a Although, huge positive. It could affect his shooting stroke, which is already... Well, it might fix it. <laughs> like a rookie of the year thing? <laughs> yeah, <why> not? <laughs> uh, all right, boy. Chris Dunn, out two to four weeks with a dislocated yeah. finger. You're, uh, you're Jerry and Grant most approved player bid just got it. Oh, no, no, that was my bid. He was a candidate. Very, yeah. very, very important. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, should we care about this at all? I think we should care for Chris because supposedly it was pretty bad. Um, mm. I think I read somewhere that after it happened, you could see a tendon popping yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it, was, it was supposedly really, really bad, so... Uh, and and you know I may have my issues with the Bulls, but I never wish ill upon any player. That's just insane to do so. 
So I hope he gets back, and I hope he, you know, be, becomes better, and I hope his hands will, will get better. But Jesus, that was—I mean—he finally had one good game yeah. for him, and then that was the one where it happened. I, I feel a little bit sorry for him because in that one preseason game, or sorry, summer league game that he played, he looked awful. Then mm-hmm. in the first two preseason games, he looked awful. So it was nice to see him just do something, right? For the first time in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> yeah. To be a competitive NBA caliber basketball player. Yeah. Well, sort of. It does not <laughs> right. go too far. I but mean, the thing is, is on the Bulls. Yeah. But the thing, just to go back to your Jerry and Grant point, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of Bulls fans just put Chris Dunn in there as the de facto starter. I'm just like, why? Just because you mm-hmm. got him in the Butler trade? That's not mm-hmm. the justification of it. Jerry and Grant is, is better. Like, it's not even a contest. He is miles ahead right now. You should start the better player. I think it's ridiculous that you just go off trade value or whatever and say, hey, you know what? We got him for a superstar, so he deserves the minutes. That's that's not how it works. That's not how anything works. Maybe their theory is they want the Bulls to suck and tank, so they're just trying to put the worst starting five together possible. Well, then they should have kept Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna save the last one for you, Boyd. So let's go, Sarah, to Rashawn Holmes, my baby boy. Uh, fractured wrist. He's gonna be reevaluated in three weeks. They're not recommending surgery at the moment. Um, do you think? You know, you guys both know I've been touting Skinny Jaw for the last couple weeks. <laughs> You know, Embiid made his preseason debut. He looks healthy. In theory, he's going to be ready by opening night. Do you think the Sixers are okay with Okafor as their primary backup center for the first couple weeks of the season while Rashawn heals? First of all, when and how did this happen? Because I didn't hear about it until your outline. Uh, I I don't even know. I think it was during a practice, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it wasn't um, fun. What are their options, Brian? So, they did play Dario at the five against okay. Brooklyn, and that was actually, like, he played really well there. He had 26 points. Wow. All yeah. right. So, I guess that. the length. Yeah. Like, I guess that. Yeah. I could play around with that. I, I Look, Jaleel, like, you know, we joked about it, but he is a skilled player. He, he has his abilities. Um, it's just that there's a definitive ceiling uh, for a back-to-the-basket guy like him who's not a great or versatile defender. Uh, that said, he can fill spots for them in a, in a limited role. That's fine. Uh, and then, yeah, you can play around with Dario. Seems like a decent option. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fine. And uh, we, we talked about, before we started recording, Zach Lowe's predictions, and it makes me mm-hmm. wish that I had... Uh, gone out on that limb that I wanted to go out on, so <laughs> yeah. they'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, Zach Lowe did predict at some point this year Philly will trade Okafor to either Chicago or Phoenix. He did not say for what, because, who knows, <laughs> hopefully Ja rehabs his trade value a little bit. Um, Yay! <laughs> <yeah>. He's <laughs> from Chicago, Morton! Yeah, they and they needed a guy they from did. Chicago. Yeah. They did. Oh, I mean, they're kind I of really, doing, aren't they? Oh, they definitely are, but I I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, and that goes to the listeners out there too, but Jordan Brenner, 
uh, wrote a piece for SB Nation that was really good, like an in-depth profile of Okafor and kind of what went wrong these first couple of years and what his outlook is moving forward. And it, just a lot of it was, it made me feel really bad for the guy because he was, you know, he was saying like, uh, you know, when when they got faults and Embiid came up with the goddamn Fed's nickname, which is Fultz Embiid Dario Simmons. He's like, wait, like, I'm a young player too. Why am I not, like, am I part of this team? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just feels like he's completely out of place. Um, so, like, I, I really don't want to badmouth the guy this year. He, he has looked better in the preseason than he has the last two years. It sounds like he went to this vegan diet. I keep joking about Skinny Jaff, but, like, he did go basically all vegan, lost 20 pounds. You know, his knee has been a problem since March of 2016. Uh, Brenner's story said, like, he cut out dairy, and within a week, all the swelling in his knee was gone. Wow. So, like, maybe the knee was really bothering him that much, and maybe that, it, you know, if my knee hurt, that would limit my lateral mobility as well. So, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be Mark Gasol on defense, but maybe he will be an average defender. Maybe if the knee isn't bothering him, he'll have a chance to like get back to the form that he showed at Duke. Like I- I'm not giving up hope on Skinny Jaw. So I, I love Rashawn, and y'all know <laughs> I love him, and I-, I want him as the primary backup center to Embiid. But I think for now, I- I'm excited to see what happens with Julio Okafor this year. I-, I think there's reason for hope. All right. Yeah, he's he's controlling what he can control, right? I yeah, mean, he yeah. should be commended for that. You can't ask him to be something he's not, but he's, you know, cutting weight and that's that's important. Yeah. So, now he's definitely getting traded since he became vegan because he's probably going to frustrate everyone by talking about kale all the time. <laughs> yeah. Especially in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, are you eating that Philly cheesesteak? Really? Do you know what's in it? Do yeah. you? Do you? Oh my god, no. I'm vegan. Yeah, no one sweet. knows what's in a Philly cheesesteak. That's what makes it so good. <laughs> it's not important. Yeah. But I love how you you became all sympathetic. You've been yeah. crapping on the guy for like eighteen months straight. Like every podcast, there's been like a dick. It's time to apologize for that, Brian. I I I, I want to draw a line. I haven't been like totally mean about him. I just say he needs to get traded. <laughs> Which I still think is true. Like, I just... It, you haven't been it, mean? You, I mean... You once said you'd take a bag of potato chips for him. Come on. That's... I mean, that's true. Like, he has no trade value. And I don't... You know, I think if he had trade value, he, he would have been gone already. I, like, that's... That's that's an indictment of him. It's just no, like he fair. got drafted into a really crappy situation where he's playing with two other centers, neither of whom he was compatible yeah. with. Like, he had no chance to succeed from the get-go. Like... I have said repeatedly that I think he will be a productive NBA player somewhere. You have, yeah. That, that's just, right. It just will not be, or in all likelihood, it will not be in Philadelphia because they have Embiid. And, like, mm. you know, and, he's not... And not Persingas, because I think that right. is, that compounded yeah. the problem. Yeah, like, the whole sure. Persingas angle just did not help him at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely... That, yeah. That, that was a dark time in the process yeah. era. Uh, all right, Mort, let's go with Seth Curry, our last notable injury. He's out indefinitely with a yeah. stress reaction in his tibia. I hate that word, indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I really hope it's short-term, but, I mean, in the fibia, it could be a long time. So, 
Uh, or Tibia, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. This guy finally broke out. I've been waiting for that to happen. Like, Pete, when I... I was so loudmouthed last year about him deserving a bigger contract than the one he got. And people were like, eh, he hasn't proven anything in Sacramento. Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. And for some reason, he got lowballed. And Dallas enjoyed the benefits of that. With kudos to them for making a great deal. And he got the playing time. He got the recognition. And we really saw what he could do. And then this happens. And it's just, it sucks. It really sucks. Because he's a huge part of what they do and it's also gonna add an extra layer of of, responsibility to dennis smith coming in Mm -hmm. not having that elite shooter alongside him yeah that's not gonna help his dribble drive opportunities at all yeah i mean the hope is so this isn't a stress fracture it this is similar to what like drew holiday was dealing this with this when he came to new orleans bradley beal had similar problems so it's they're basically sitting him out before it gets worse. Because if it became a stress fracture, then it's a long-term injury. The out indefinitely part is just like you can't... There's no way to know when it's going to be healthy enough for him to return and not risk re-injury or aggravating that injury. So the impression that I get is that it's not going to be a long-term thing. Like I don't think he's going to be out for three months. Maybe he misses the first week of the regular season, the first couple weeks, but... You know, knock on wood, he should be back relatively soon. But yeah, more. I think you're spot on. Like, you know, they have Wes Matthews, but Wes Matthews hasn't been the same player since he tore his Achilles. Like, he's been yeah. a good defender, but he just his shot is gone. And he's not that dynamic as well. Like Seth, at least has a little bit of his, what his older brother has, like that mm-hmm. herky jerky dribble drive game once in a while. Like yeah. he's creative. It's you can't just play him for the jump shot. You have to play him for the drive as well. I mean, he's. He's funky in a good way. And yeah. not having that just means a lot of West Matthews spot-ups and right. Dennis Smith dribbling around, picking rolls for 15 seconds. Yeah. I, I This Dallas team, I'm like morbidly intrigued to watch them, especially with the Nerland stuff. And I, I want to see if Harry B builds on his breakout season last year. So this is, I, I guess this is a good way to transition. But before we do, Sarah, were there any other big preseason takeaways you want to discuss? I don't think so. I'm excited to get into our, what we want to watch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then Mort, you, anything else preseason notable? No, well, you guys are just going to say, Oh, if I mention his name again, so I'm not going to mention that Donovan Mitchell is. Oh my well. God. <laughs> He is playing well. I'll give you that. Thank you. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and More. 
Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more all right so then i'm gonna kick things off by transitioning because i want to talk about one preseason story of note oh joella bean made his preseason debut wednesday against your playoff caliber brooklyn that's morton and how did it go he had let's think 22 points Seven rebounds, three assists. And he was 15 of 18 from the line in 15 minutes. I know. I remember yeah. the line. I know. And so I, hell, it was my, deserved. My wife was, is on night shifts this week. And so, you know, I sent her a text message with like seven sirens once Embiid was officially active and just told her he's playing basketball right now. And, and now you're divorced? I, yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I sent her his stat line. And she's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, oh, it's in 15 minutes. She's like, what the, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, it, I think it's just safe to say that anyone doubting the extension that we talked about earlier this week, you watch one quarter of that game and like, yeah, it's risky. But look at that dude play basketball. Like that he is going to be, it is not hyperbolic to say this, he, if he stays healthy, he is going to be a top 10 player. He is going to be an MVP candidate. He's going to be a perennial fixture on the All-NBA team. He is that good. So but I am No one so, never questioned that. I know. Uh, yeah, we, we already talked about the extension part. I'm just excited to see him play basketball again. Oh, okay. Like, my, is... my mistake. I thought you were like lambasting oh, okay. people who said that he oh, wasn't no, no, going no. to be that kind of player because I think we're in sort of a universal agreement that he yeah. is going to be that type of player if healthy. Absolutely. You would have to be batshit crazy not to think so. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It was just Wednesday was like such a pleasant reminder of like, oh yeah, this is why mm. this is this is it. This is like, it, this is why he's worth it. Like this is, it was fine. You know, like not having him those first two years sucks. It's super risky to give him 148 million, you know, whatever 50% or more is guaranteed. Like, huge risk for a guy with his injury history. But yeah. holy shit, he is so fun to watch. And then, like, he's talking shit to guys. He's like, they can't guard me. They can't guard me. Like, he's just my favorite player in the league already. It's just so much fun. So, that's number one. That is my homer pick. Things that I'm excited to watch this season. I'm excited to watch Joel Embiid play basketball. Just one one note on Embiid, and it's actually more of a question, really. How much did Philly log out in the fact that he extended his range out to the three-point line? Yeah, I know. That's huge. That is so huge. When you think about the player that he could have been without that shot and the player that he now can become with that shot, it's it's night and day. I mean, so... Jesse Blanchard of B-Ball Breakdown, they did a breakdown the other night of his first game, and he was, like, Jesse wrote, like, he just picks up moves, like, he combined Dirk's one-legged fadeaway with Tim Duncan's bank shot, like, and, and Brett Brown has said this, he's like, this kid watches tape, and then he's doing it the next day, like, he has the dream shake from Hakeem, like, he, 
that's what got him into basketball. He had, he got a tape of Hakeem Olajuwon, just watched it every day, and like he has that move in his arsenal now. So now like this summer, it seems like he was watching all these other versatile big men like Dirk and like Timmy, and he's like adding these things to his game. I, it's just I, I I said this on Twitter like the next time the basketball gods want to go hurt him. Like, you want to sprain a ligament or tear, you know, a meniscus or break his foot. Just, like, come call me. Take the bone from my foot. Like, I'll... That's fine. Like, I just sit on the couch all day. I don't do anything. Hurt me. Let him be healthy. Like, please, God, let him stay healthy for one year because the NBA would be a better place for it. Well, you can't go to the dark dog park. <laughs> that's true. Just saying, Nori would be pretty upset about that. Nori will survive, because he's waking me up at 3.30 every day. So, frankly, he doesn't deserve the good treatment he gets. Uh, uh, Sarah, I'm going to throw it to you next. What? Just name anything you're excited to watch this season. Well, I will agree with you on the Embiid front. I think we're all excited about Embiid and want him to be as healthy as possible. Um, but you guys know passing is probably my favorite skill to watch. No. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm most excited. I think I mentioned it before, but I'm most excited to watch. You know, we got Teodosic in the league now. Mm-hmm. We've got Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball. Um, blend that into Nikola Jokic, who I'm excited about watching for another year. Uh, I'm freaking stoked about the Ricky Rubio Gobert pick and roll. Yes. Even though, you know, yeah, theoretically it would be even more dangerous if either of them had like a great jump shot but that's okay it's not necessary um ricky's gonna find the right angles gobert's a thousand feet tall so they're gonna make it work um freaking just tiedosich too just the full court passes that he's thrown the easy buckets that he's getting for blake for dj it's like he's inverted the you know big throwing the outlet to the the point guard he's completely spun it around and that's just i'm i'm excited to watch all of it yeah i mean lob city is not dead i'll say that much and not at I, all. I, I did you guys see the other night the murder dunk that gobert had on julius randall it wasn't from a rubio pass but it was like off an offensive rebound and he just catches it with one hand and just like he might have ended julius randall's career right there oh julius yeah randall wait a second might have was... to play in china yeah, I was going through the database in my head there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was savage. That was yeah. really savage. Yeah, Gobert's a great pick, Sarah. Like, he's, I, that dude is going to have a monster season. Because I think, like, I, you know, we talk about, like, the pettiness of NBA players all the time. And how, like, I think LeBron's going to have a huge season because he's pissed off that Kyrie left. I think Gobert's going to have a huge season because he's pissed off Gordon Hayward left. Can I just add to the Gobert talk and give you some very encouraging numbers? I know yes. it's preseason, so obviously a truckload full of salt. But right. in 25 minutes, he's averaging 16 points, shooting 73.5% <laughs> from the field, and more importantly, 68% from the free throw line on 5.5 attempts. That free throw percentage could break 70. If it does, you can't guard him. That's... I'm just saying I have him in a keeper league and we're doing our draft Sunday and I am very excited <laughs> to start a, start a league with Russell Westbrook, Rudy Gobert, and Nikola Jokic. It's going to be pretty lit. Uh, Moit, 
I want to talk about the Lakers, but we can hold off on that for a little bit if, if there's something you would rather discuss first. Yeah, am I the only one who is slightly optimistic about how LaMarcus Aldridge is playing right now? Ooh. I didn't want to be the one to say it. I, know. <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't, so that's why I'm doing it for you. He's playing 24 minutes a game, averaging 16 points, shooting 57% from the field. He's taking two threes a game, and he's just looking more assertive. Kawhi being out is probably a factor. However, this is going to be essential for it. With Kawhi, be- I, I'm not even sure how long Kawhi is out. I'm, is anyone? No. Not really, no, right? No, there's no definitive timeline. No. Yet, no. Okay. So that might even be good news for LaMarcus. So he can be that number one guy for at least a couple of weeks. Mm. Maybe get that mojo going a little bit. Get himself worked into a game. With that, that conversation he had with Pop, like, I, I don't know what they said. But if that works, hell, I mean, this person will be better off. I'm digging what I'm seeing so far. Any follow-up on that one, Sarah? No, she's just <laughs> nodding. Yeah, she's just nodding. Yeah, I don't, I don't want yeah. to say too much, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, I have been encouraged, obviously. It's really, really early yeah. uh, to be too excited, but he looks more comfortable. He said he feels more comfortable. Um, he is taking more threes, like Mort said. He he's pulling out moves that I haven't really seen him confidently do in like three years. So (laughs) he's, he's probably going to have a stellar year just in time to railroad Kawhi's MVP year. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) No, I'm I'm excited. Hey, uh, if he's comfortable, that certainly gives them another uh, way to attack, which would be phenomenal. Zach Lowe did pick Kawhi as an MVP. So you guys (laughs) got me there. (laughs) <laughs> um, boy, let's talk about the Lakers for a sec because I'm I'm really excited about the heel turn they've all already done. First, they are crazy for Kyle Kuzma, who is if if you would follow a Lakers fan on Twitter or you speak to a Lakers fan right now, he's already a four time league MVP. But because of that, <laughs> yeah. they have then soured, especially on Brandon Ingram. But it sounds like, I mean, Lonzo Ball hurt his ankle and he hasn't really played that much this preseason. So let first, let's talk about Kuzma. Do you think he's really as good as he's being hyped up to be? It's preseason. It's just too early to say. I don't think that he should be in conversation to start at the four. I think you should play behind Julius Randle as a scoring punch. And then if Luke Walton looks at him and says, you know what, I actually trust you defensively, then you can start talking about it. But it's been, for him, five preseason games. Like, okay, I will say this. For five games to average just under 20 for a rookie mm-hmm. coming in, that's still impressive. Like, he's doing good yeah. work, and you would always rather have a rookie who does well in preseason than one who doesn't. That's right. always, like, that's definitely a good thing. And I also think that he's shown enough to the point where you can throw him directly into the rotation, obviously. But the whole, hey, let's you know, start Kyle Kuzma and play him 36 minutes a game and give him <laughs> 15,000 shots. No, easy, easy, easy. Just, it's the preseason. No one gives a damn. They're not playing against top-level competition all the time. But here's what I will say that's very, very positive. When he gets the ball, it seems like it's instant reaction. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to a lot of rookies, which is normal, by the way, so this is not a critique, 
mm-hmm. when they get the ball in one of their first preseason games, they, they survey the court and they spend a lot of time holding that damn ball. They're looking at like their opportunities and, oh, when is the court going to open? When is this pick going to come? Kuzma is like, oh, I'm getting the ball. I'm just going to take one power dribble and do something or I'm going to jack it up immediately. I love that. Like the mentality is NBA ready. It seems like whenever he's in the game, he is just, I'm in the NBA. I'm an NBA player. I deserve to be on this court. Mm. That's really important. Those are the things that we rarely talk about. We can go into advanced analytics and whatever, but that sort of mentality where you just have those balls to just do whatever the hell you want whenever you get the ball and you are intuitive, that's that's tremendous for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's preseason, so I'm not ready to crown him as right. the next big thing, but... Uh, he does. I mean, if nothing else, he looks like a draft day steal. So good on mm-hmm. you for that, Lakers. But Brandon Ingram, uh, I'm still not sold that he's going to be a bust, but Lakers no, fans no. really seem to be jumping ship on him. Do you think it's too early for that? Yeah, to call him a bust is way too early. I still think, you know, here's the thing. When he came into the league, people were like, oh, he's going to be the new KD. He's mm-hmm. going to be KD light, whatever. I think you just have to readjust your expectations. He's not going to be the next KD. He may be the next Trevor Ariza instead, but that's the thing. Trevor Ariza is not a bad player. Mm-hmm. Like, if he becomes Trevor Ariza kind of player, yes, that might be a disappointing compared to the draft slot, but it not, it's not going to be disappointing in the terms of player he's going to be. Like, that's a perfectly fine player. If you give up on him now and you get something in return that's pretty attractive, then sure do it but if you are just getting something meh in return then hang on to him because he's gonna be a decent player he's just not gonna be the a plus plus superstar that you expected him to be right yeah i mean um zach lowe's column today mentioned uh you know they (laughs) the lakers are already trying to do their like dual max contract superstar thing so he said something along the lines of like if they trade him plus Luol Deng somewhere for salary filler, I think he mentioned Indiana in particular because they have a couple guys who have very lightly guaranteed contracts for 2018-2019. Uh, he's like, basically, if that happens, it's a bad sign for the rest of the league. But I, I just can't believe the Lakers are at that point where they're even, no. they would even consider moving him because three months ago, Magic was saying he's untouchable, and it seems like you know he he was supposed to be a big part of their future. So... I'm going to be watching very closely as the season starts to see, you know, if this is just like a preseason slump and he breaks out once Lonzo's back. Like, that's very possible. Um, the Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report wrote a column recently about Ingram and about his preseason struggles, and they basically said, like, the Lakers have hyped him up too much. Like, they need to dial back expectations. Like, Magic came into the year saying he's going to average 20 points per game and that's unfair like don't yeah. don't place all of those expectations on but that's magic player yeah but like he did that with Lonzo too he's already saying I like know. we're going to hang Lonzo's jersey in the rafters yeah he's going to break all is, of my franchise records magic will watch some sort of youtube highlight video and he'll <laughs> go on a twitter spree yeah. saying this guy is amazing we should do everything we can to earn the the, the possibility of handing him a max contract. Magic yeah. is just pure insanity sometimes when it comes to these things in a in a positive way. Right. Because like he's a positive human being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. 
I mean, if you're looking at teams to offer immediate salary relief, the Chicago Bulls are under the floor. Yeah, the cap Phoenix Suns too. Yep, and I mean, Luol Deng has a rapport with the Bulls. It's not good because no. the yeah. Bulls suck. But right. Uh, yeah, the Bulls they, just threw him under the bus. They right. They nearly killed him. Spinal tap that yeah. went to hell. Yeah. Aside from that, though, he'd love to come back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the attempted murder. Aside from yeah, that, it's great. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, um, Sarah, what else are you excited to watch this season? Okay, so kind of getting back to passing. Yes. Do it. <laughs> um, for the preseason, you've got James Harden averaging ten assists mm-hmm. per game, and Chris Paul sitting at nine. So I think it'll be interesting to look at. Could they possibly both average double figure assists? No. That's, that would be yeah. insane. Wow. It feels like no, and yet, if there's two guys that I wouldn't bet against, I guess it would be them. Yeah. So I'm interested to see that. And then keeping with the Rockets in the preseason, okay, it's only been three games, but these ridiculous people are shooting 48 threes a game. <laughs> At the moment, they're making 40%. I expect that will be pretty volatile uh, throughout the year, but... Are they going to average damn near 50 threes attempted per game? Why not? I I think they really might. Yeah. I mean, they are launching. They shot like 40 last year. So. Just over one a minute? That seems plausible. My God, that's insane. When you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. That really is. I mean, who in their lineup, aside from Clint Capella, can't shoot threes? That's a good question. I guess Mabah Mute. You don't and really by the, want him to. When March rolls around, you'll see Clint Capella hit like a corner three, and then that's <laughs> the start of a new evolution, and next year it's just game over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, what? You have Harden, you have Paul, you have Ariza, Ryan Anderson, PJ Eric Tucker, Gordon. Eric Gordon. Like, all of those guys can do it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. We thought maybe they would, you know, try to diversify a little bit more. Especially bringing in Chris Paul, who's terrific in the mid range, but mm-hmm. so far they're like, screw that. <laughs> Just watching all the threes. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that all of the concerns, remember, like after they traded for Chris Paul, there was a week of like, there's only one ball. How are they going to share the ball? Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer worried about that. Not that I ever was, but it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah. They seem I, to... actually, I actually have a hot take. Oh. Hit us. I don't think Stephen Curry will lead the league and make threes this season. I think Eric Gordon will. Eric Gordon? Really? Mm. Oh, that is a hot take. Yep. Look, he is the he's the guy receiving all those passes. He's yeah. right now right now he's shooting forty eight point six percent from downtown <laughs> on eight point eight attempts in preseason. God. This guy is getting great looks. And he is able to set his feet, and they are splashing. And you know what? He did that last year as well. So this mm-hmm. is not a case of, oh, this is just preseason. He has a track record for hitting these shots. I have a feeling that with James and Chris feeding him the ball constantly, he could end up averaging a lot of threes per game, like four plus. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Steph kind of takes a little bit step back to maybe let Clay catch a rhythm because he was sort of out of it in the playoffs last year to maybe just scale it back a little bit. 
You also have Nick Young coming in. Pat mm-hmm. McCaw has to get a little bit of a bigger role. I just wouldn't be surprised at all to see Eric Gordon lead the league in threes. I know that's sacrilegious to say with <laughs> Steph these days, but I think we're there. I, I, I mean, there are a few factors working in your favor for that argument. One being, as you said, the Warriors are even deeper now. So, yes, the rest of the West is better as well. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe the Warriors will have to play their starters in the fourth quarter. Or maybe because they're pretty much bringing... I mean, their whole core came back. Like, maybe they still keep blowing people out in the fourth... You know, <laughs> yeah, in the first three probably. quarters. Rest Curry in the fourth quarter and it doesn't matter. Um I mean, I guess the big concern with Gordon, as always, is health. Like, you know, there's there's no guarantee he makes it through 70-plus games again. So, Yeah, right, but there's an argument to be made for being more of a three-point shooter than being a driver. Because if you're standing outside yeah. the arc, there's less risk in getting injured. I mean, look, That's true. hell, let's, let's use Brooke Lopez as a primary example of that. Mm-hmm. He began taking a lot of threes. He stood out there a lot. That minimized all that risk of going inside and getting stepped on or stepping on someone's ankle or whatever. So I, 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 you, you make a valid point. He is injury thrown, but I just think in this capacity, there's a greater chance of him staying healthy. That's true. Yeah. I don't think that's not the hottest take you've ever dished on this podcast. I'll say that much. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but hey, you started saying this is a hot take and now you're kind yeah. of backing off, which means I might be true. I mean, it it is a hot take, but it is not the hottest take. Yeah, the hottest take was the Brooklyn Nets of the playoffs, probably. <laughs> oh, then I'm going to be on fire by the end of the season because that <laughs> one is going in. Oh my god! Have if you I, seen how shitty these is? <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. It's so but, bad. I mean, I'm really excited to watch D'Angelo Russell there because yep. I still believe in him. I believe in his talent. I believe Kenny Atkinson is a good coach. You know, he's got the reputation for player development. Russell looks great in the preseason in that system. Like, they've made it clear that he is going to get the green light, and that dude's going to put up monster numbers this year. Lakers fans by mid-December are going to be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, we we shouldn't have given up on him for only after two seasons. Um, So that'll be fun, but I'm still not buying your... Brooklyn in the playoffs argument. It's That's just... fine. I'm just gonna wait for an you know an apology card sent to Denmark <laughs> by yeah. April. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have any hot other hot takes for us, Mort? That's a good question. I might. I just have to find them first. Yeah. Okay. I actually have one, but I'm not sure it is a hot take specifically. I've I've been thinking about Aaron Gordon a lot after okay. our our podcast. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I don't believe in Orlando's abilities to do anything, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, because Orlando is just a, such a poorly run team. Correct. But I think this is the year that Aaron Gordon is just going to take it upon himself to just play outside the system and go, screw that. This mm-hmm. I have to do something on my own. And I actually think he makes the all-star team in the East. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I think it, it, he has that sort of turnaround. And before anyone throws MIP at me, he was a lottery pick. Doesn't count. Shouldn't count. <laughs> also, Miles Turner or Gary Harris are winning MIP. So that's, that's out of the question. Oh, I'll take those two. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Miles Turner was a lottery pick, though. Oh, I, yeah. I thought he was 15, but he wasn't. No, he was 11th, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, you're right. So that doesn't count, Brian. 
Gary Harris, though. 19th. Just because he was traded for a lottery pick does not mean he was a lottery pick. He was 19th. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm very high on Gordon this year. I have, for fantasy basketball, I have him, like, right in the, I think, number 60 overall, somewhere around there, which is a lot higher than most other people will have him or most of the big sites. But I'm with you. You know, both years, both of the past two seasons after the All-Star break, when he started playing the four full-time, you putting up monster numbers and yeah. then push him out of position, and then, you know, he struggles. But... But that, that was actually the thing that caught me when you said that because I had I hadn't looked at his splits. I knew that he had played yeah. better, but I started going back looking at his splits, and then I started watching a lot of game same from from last year, and I just I kind of got a little bit yeah I kind of regretted our earlier podcast because I was kind of down on him, mm-hmm. and then I started seeing a lot of these things that I'm kind of I, I don't think I did it intentionally, but because he played in Orlando, I was like everyone sucks. Yeah. You you know yeah, you right. have that mentality <laughs> that no one yeah. can really stand out. <laughs> And I began to see some things offensively that I hadn't really noticed before. The mm-hmm. way that he moved, the way that he cuts off the ball. There are lots of like there. I think part of it is also I was disappointed in his defense because he came in being billed as this great defensive player. And I don't think he's lived up to that. And he's mm-hmm. also not the greatest rebounder. But if he goes out and it averages like 18 and 8, that's mm-hmm. enough to make it to the East All-Star team. Oh, hell yeah. I mean... So, the East is ravaged, so it yeah, will not take exactly. it, not take very much to make the East All Star game. Um, guys, how have we gone twenty plus minutes into the segment and not mentioned the Minnesota Timberwolves at all? We are we're really slacking here because not only do we get Carl Anthony Towns, we get Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson reunited with Tibbs. But honestly, the thing I am most excited about, or not excited, is the wrong word. The thing I'm most excited about is Carl Anthony Towns becoming a destroyer of worlds. The thing I'm most interested in is Andrew Wiggins, who has finally officially signed his five-year max deal, uh, whatever, 146, 148. We'll find out next summer what it is. Uh, I want to see if he rounds out his game. And we've talked about this repeatedly this summer, You know how I think Jimmy Butler is going to be a really good mentor for him. And having Jimmy Butler and having Jeff Teague is going to allow him to take a step back offensively. He doesn't need to score 25 points a game for them to have a chance. He can score 18, but if he's rebounding better, if he's playmaking better, if he's more focused on defense, and you know Tibbs during his press conference uh, said, like, look, he's putting in the work defensively, and we ought, he said something like. You know, we look at these guys like eight or nine years in the league, like the Jimmy and the Kawhi and Paul George, and we see what they've become, but we forget the steps they took to get there. So this is Wiggins' fourth year. Like this is this will be a bellwether year for him. Like if he doesn't take the steps this year with all of this help, then I'm gonna be worried that it's not gonna happen. But then I'm, he's gonna be untradeable. Yeah. I mean. I I have faith that he is going to take those steps forward, but part of that is just my irrational confidence in every young player, or my endless optimism for every young player living up to the expectations they had coming into the league. Unless his name is Jalil Ogrefor. Right. I'm even optimistic about him. It's the start of a new year. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm very interested to see what happens with Wiggins this year if he becomes the more well-rounded player that that we all want him to be instead of just this, you know, solely focused on scoring and nothing else. 
Uh, Sarah, anyone else possibly Grecian and who plays in Milwaukee that we should be discussing? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and that kind of ties into something that I'm interested in this year, besides just watching Giannis as much as possible. Um, kind of looking at, as you just mentioned, Kat, these guys who are already fantastic, but they're kind of missing that one thing. Mm-hmm. And so I want to see, and maybe none of it happens this year, but hopefully one of them does. Like, is Giannis going to develop a jump shot? Mm-hmm. John Wall. Um, is Cat or Jokic going to step up defensively? Mm-hmm. Like, that's I'm looking for these guys who are really, really good. There's that one thing that if they develop that, they're absolute world beaters. So uh, I'm hoping somewhere over the course of the year. Although I'm also kind of not, <laughs> because it would it would make the league a very hope, hopeless place. But yeah. I would love to see Giannis develop that jumper. God, there is terrifying. That I think more he was playing the Bulls right the other night, and at yep. the end of the first quarter, oh that he, was so sweet. Yeah, he just dribbled up. Shot clock was expiring. He pulls mm-hmm. up from twenty five feet and just drills it. <laughs> and it was clean. That yeah. was the thing. It was a clean shot. It wasn't like one of those flings or anything like that. It was a real jump shot. Yeah. I loved it. It was yeah. beautiful. I, the whole United Center just went quiet. Like, oh. <laughs> it was sort of like, Uh-oh. oh, shit. Can he do this too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lives flashed in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's a learning computer. That's not good. <laughs> oh no! Like he has better software software than Kawhi. Let's hope. Yeah, not. right. Yeah, no, Sarah, that's a really good call because mm-hmm. all of these guys are. I mean, I want to throw Miles Turner in there too because I I think mm-hmm. you know based on the opportunity he's going to have, he does not get brought up in the unicorn conversation enough. He has the skill set to be that, and now he has the opportunity with Paul George and Jeff Teague gone. Um, I'm excited to see what he becomes this year. Kristaps, too. Like, this is our first chance of seeing Kristaps as the number one option. How is he going to handle that role? I honestly don't know, because he doesn't have, like, (laughs) very many good teammates, but... I wouldn't judge him if he does poorly, because it's the Knicks. Right. I mean, that's just me being completely honest. People are going to crap on him if he doesn't deliver, like, the number number one option... uh, Numbers. Like, if he doesn't average, like, 25 and 9 or something, people are going to be like, oh, he didn't step up. It's the Knicks. You have an eternal (laughs) excuse if you play bad for the Knicks. Right. It's fine. Much like the Kings. Maybe not anymore. Well, so that's one thing I'm not excited about. It seems like the Kings are really going to lean on their veterans early. And they're not... Like, I'm worried that they're going to start Zach Randolph over Scal. Or, God forbid, they're going to start Costa Kufas over Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, Kings, you don't have your pick in 2019. This is the year to suck. You have a bunch of young players. Like, I know you just spent a lot of money on Zebo and on Vince Carter and on George Hill. But, like... You're not going to make the playoffs, so just play your goddamn young guys. Let your vets come off the bench for 20, 25 minutes. That's fine. Like, Zebo was doing that in Memphis anyway. You're not, like, starting Zach Randolph serves no purpose aside to stunt the development of your young players. So I'm really hoping that they come to their senses pretty quickly and realize, like, oh, 
it doesn't matter that we signed a couple over the hill veterans because oh the rest of the west got that much better so we're still not gonna make the playoffs but i don't know i'm worried i've said too many nice things about the kings this offseason and now i'm seeing zebo starting and maybe costa and like i just want to see De'Aaron fox i want to see scal and i want to see willie collie stein and i don't want to wait until february to see it i don't i don't think you're gonna have to wait that long i hope not i don't know it's the kings well, if like they play all their start. vets, oh, sorry, Sarah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say, if they play all their vets who are like forty-five years old, they're gonna go down. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like Scowl is gonna start. If not right away, then soon. I, I think they know what they have in him. Hmm. He's too good already. Like yeah. that. That little fadeaway that he's developed already. It's freaking pure. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like you gotta throw him out there. I would hope so. But and it's Fox, the too. Yeah, Foxes Fox look great. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, they have a really intriguing young core with Fox and Heald and the two bigs, Justin Jackson, your boy Bogdan, your rookie of the year, or sorry, your second place rookie of the year finisher, because God forbid Donovan Mitchell gets displaced more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, they have a bunch of young, fun guys. Like, they could be a really young, fun team. And they're probably going to be 13th place or 12th place in the West, but that's fine. Like, good. You, you want to add one more top seven pick before the lottery odds get flattened out, and you don't have your pick in 2019 anyway. It's a like, Lakers is... situation. Yeah. Yep. Well, but they don't have, like, 38-year-old Kobe to take 20 bad shots a game. They have 41-year-old Vince Carter. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And Zach Randolph, 36-year-old Zach Randolph. Yeah. I guess that's true. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & More. And more. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at totalwine.com. Uh, where anything else you want to bring up as things you're excited about? Rashad Vaughn. That was not what I expected. Okay. Well, we talked about, I, I mentioned him in the Matt Moore podcast we had, and he's yep. looked pretty good. He's averaging 14 a game in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. He's doing well. I'm, I'm kind of been waiting on Rashad to step it up a little bit. I kind of liked him coming out of UNLV. So, uh, and besides, the Bucks need that outside shooting. They need sure. a, a guy off on the wing who can score a little bit. So, you, not all the responsibility falls on Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Zach Lowe did have Greg Monroe as his sixth man of the year, for what it's worth. So, he's yeah. high on high on moose. 
Greg, uh, Greg is good. I mean, look, yeah. we all we are all crapping on guys who play with back to the basket, and it's 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 ridiculous because they have worth. It's mm-hmm. just oh, you're not a unicorn, so you're not right. worth shit anymore. That's just so wrong because Monroe is a really really good player. He got that money yeah. because of a reason. He can score. Yeah. He can rebound. He can draw double teams. He's actually a very good passer as well. Yeah, I'm glad you so, said that. Yeah, I mean, it's just that he's not a world beater defensively, and he doesn't have three-point range, and then suddenly you're, oh, you should go to China. Like, no, <laughs> stop it. Right. There is definitely value. That's also why Jalil Okafor, he's going to remain in the league. Yeah. Al Jefferson keeps finding a home, so it makes sense. I still like those dudes who can come in and contribute, um, and I, I think it's wrong to consistently look at these guys as oh their their cap space is clocked up because of that one guy who plays with ugh back to the basket like don't don't be a snob don't yeah, yeah I totally agree I think I mean they just seemed to hate Greg Monroe for a while but last year after you know like midway through the year Jason Kidd was like oh wait you actually have a role off our bench and we you could actually be really useful so yeah Lord knows. Yeah. Who knew? (laughs) All those years you were pretty damn good in Detroit. Who knows? Yeah. Who knew? Uh, Yeah. I'm actually, I want to bring up two more things on my end. One is I'm morbidly intrigued by Detroit. I just want to see Reggie Jackson after, you know, all the knee issues last year. Just didn't look like himself. I want to see if he bounces back. This is the, I mean, it's early to say it's a make or break year for Andre Drummond, but... It's damn near close. Eighty-six yeah, percent from the line. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> there you go. Small sample size, but right. still. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, whatever. It's better than Markel Fultz is shooting from the line. I'll say that much. Um, no comment. I want to. I want to see like Stanley Johnson. He was in Van Gundy's doghouse for a while. I want to see if he's ready for prime time. Avery Bradley, how he fits on that team. I, I should just always call him future Sixer Avery Bradley because he's definitely signing with the Sixers next summer. But for his one year in Detroit, how Avery Bradley does. Tobias Harris, I want to see. Boban. Boban's actually getting run this year. <laughs> that could be fun. Uh, so I, I like, I'm only putting Detroit in the playoffs because I still don't think Embiid plays more than 50 games. But things could go really south in Detroit pretty quickly. And then... Uh, I would like to see what Van Gundy does if he just is like, all right, screw it, trade Jackson, trade Drummond. I don't care what we get back. It's time to blow this thing up. Um, the other one is like, how guys, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George are playing basketball <laughs> together. Like it's incredible. They're and they're actually, I mean, you know, it's not gonna shooting take, well. They're yeah, they're not, but like they're functioning well, surprisingly right. well for having as little chemistry together, like, not even, chem- I don't want to say it in, like, a negative way. They just haven't had time to develop that on-court chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're running some, like, shockingly good actions already, which I did not expect. I, I thought it would take the more time. The thunder running plays. Right. Like, I, <laughs> this is a very new thing for me. I, it's not just iso ball. It's, like... Paul George and Carmelo Anthony are passing, and Russell Westbrook isn't just driving to the rim every time and going up and trying to draw a foul. Like, he's driving and kicking to an open Paul George on the wing. Like, the Thunder, I'm, I, I don't think they're the second-best team in the West, but, like, we were saying this in the Matt Moore episode. Like, them Spurs Rockets are 
theoretically, those are going to be the next mm. three teams. And I'm excited to see how that plays out between those three in particular. Remember when I said Carmelo Anthony is going to take 10 threes a game? Yeah. He is shooting 5.8 threes a game on in just under 23 minutes. This is go. feasible, guys. Yeah. This is feasible. And here's the thing. When I said they weren't shooting well, it's like the overall raw field goal percentage. Carmelo is actually shooting almost 44% from downtown. Huh. Like He's embraced this yeah. FIBA role. He really has. I mean, yeah, like, people were so down on him. But, like, look at who he was playing next to last year. Like, Kristaps is great. But who was his next best teammate after Kristaps? No, there was Kristaps there and there was 50 feet of crap. Right. Like, yeah. you could, I mean... You could probably make the argument that like Willie Hernan Gomez was his next best team. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I'll, that's unfair but then. Hernan Gomez didn't play for most of the year. Like no, it, but it he's took, good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it, yeah. it took a Joakim Noah injury. Derrick yeah. Rose taking twenty shots a game. Good. Like Courtney Lee's okay, but like when's the last time Carmelo Anthony has played next to someone of this caliber? Or Allen Iverson ever? in Denver. But like Iverson was kind of washed by that point. Like, this is the best... Not the first year, though. Yeah, I guess, right, because it was 2006. Chauncey? Chauncey, probably? Yeah. But, like, are either of those guys as good as either Paul George or Russell? Oh, no, no, but, like, star caliber players. Yeah, Yeah, maybe even prime Stoudemire, but no, I mean, you're right. This is the first time he's ever had this amount of help. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited to see how he does. I'm excited to see Knicks fans... I think I've said this before. Like the Knicks fans who actually closely follow the team and know what a train wreck it is, probably are just going to be happy that Carmelo is getting a chance to actually play real basketball. But the like casual fans are going to be so mad when he does well, <laughs> and it's going to be great to see their reactions. Well, here's the thing: I feel so bad for Knicks fans, mostly because they have to spend so much money on therapy these days. <laughs> yeah, do they though, but, or do they just know? Like. <sighs> They probably just know what's coming, right? It's like a Washington sports fan. Yeah, at this point, it probably is like that. Yeah. How long ago was it that they were relevant, like truly? Their short playoff stance with Melo and and Amari wasn't really that serious. So 1999 when they made the finals? Yeah. That's it? Ewing era, for sure. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. It's been a rough... Yeah, it's been a rough... 20 years Two decades. Yeah, right. Uh, Sarah, anything else jump into mind for you? Yeah, I could go all day, guys. <laughs> um, you guys were talking about the Lakers a little bit earlier. I'm kind of I'm intrigued by them for a team that I expect to be a bottom feeder in the West. Uh, I just want to see how creative Luke gets with the lineups because. Mm. I mean, we know he has it in him, and there's certainly a lot of interesting combinations. Um, you have Ball and, and uh, Clarkson, Ingram, KCP, Kuzma, Hart, Nance, Brewer, Dang, uh, Zubats. Like, I feel like there's a lot of different smallish lineups they could do. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of dependable shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Kuzma's a scorer. I think he's ready to go. Hart is a guy that I like because I like my Villanova guys, and I think he's a solid player. Unfortunately, he was hurt in summer league, I think, and missed some preseason, so he's probably not as ready to go. But I just think there's a lot of 
uh, fun combinations there. Uh, you got Lopez who could who could step out, so you know you're not as worried about the shooting around him. You have Nance rolling to the rim. You could play as a five sometimes too. There's just a lot that I think could be fun there, and I hope Luke isn't uh, afraid to play around with it because I think there's you know yeah they want to be competitive, and expectations in Lakerland can be a little ridiculous sometimes, but they're still in that grace period where I think they can play around. And like you said, this is the year to not be good if there's any year for it. So I think they should just have fun with their lineups. Um, Zach Lowe mentioned uh, something we kind of touched on a while ago that he thinks Cody Zeller is going to get his uh, starting spot back from <laughs> Dwight at some point. Uh, so that's something to watch. How long until that all implodes? <laughs> um I want to see if the Spurs end up shooting more threes. Mm. Um, and it may not even be a big deal. It might just be like inflation. You know, it's going to go up a few attempts every year because that's the league now. But, you know, that said, I think last year they they led the league in percentage at about 39%, but they were 25th in attempts, 23.5 attempts per game. Uh, in the preseason so far, they're taking 27 per game, still maintaining that percentage there at 39.8 percent um you know so they, they lost Simmons they lost David Lee they lost Deadman, all guys that I really liked but not really shooters and they added a bunch of guys who can shoot LA looks like he's going to take more threes he looks comfortable Joffrey Laverne is shooting threes <laughs> I told you yeah. I told See? you yeah um Brandon Paul Derek White both I think are going to be solid contributors I just kind of will depend how much time they get um, Powell was was ridiculous last year yeah. from three, so I, I'm I'm interested to see that how how many more are they going to take per game? Of course, Pop just came out and said again how much he doesn't really care for it, but it's part of you know the game. And there's still, I think, for the really small sample size of preseason, um, like top three in percentage of points from mid range. So that's not changing, <laughs> and Kawhi's not even back. So, but. Definitely want to see that. Um, I'm interested in the new look Clippers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've talked about for probably the last two years. Should they break it up? Should you know? Should they keep it together? And like I said, as someone from San Antonio, we went with the same big three for damn near two decades, and I wouldn't change that for anything. But that said, you won. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I am glad that the Clippers finally decided to just call it a day um it's not that they were even a bad team i mean they were decimated by injury to really compete the way they wanted to the last few years but you know i'm just it just wasn't working they weren't fun to watch i think that's Mm -hmm. you know we said that i know james hollis has said that probably jesse has said that they didn't look like they were having fun they weren't fun to watch so it was just time to get some new blood in there so i think i'm probably a little more excited about them than than some others and then the Sixers I'm all in on watching the Sixers as much as possible just Mm -hmm. like Giannis so those are my big ones probably I like all of those and yeah Yeah. (laughs) more as you said I mean not only did the Spurs win with their big three but your big three also took a bunch of discounts to stay together the Clippers did not and then that (laughs) ruined their bench depth and then Doc Rivers just pissed away first round draft picks left and right so 
kind of goes back to having fun, right? I mean, right. the Spurs enjoyed being together. I don't yeah. think the Clippers did. So. No, they really did, especially the last year or two. Like, they were just, every time they thought they got fouled, three guys stayed on the other end of the court to wind to refs. And then, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm glad they broke it up. Uh, and, more, and by I, the way, in regards to the Clippers, if anyone ever asks what's the difference between rebuilding and retooling, that's mm-hmm. what the Clippers just just did. That was classic retooling. Mm-hmm. That was not like rebuilding. They, I, that, I, I really love the way that they just they kind of pivoted, but they still kept somewhat their same talent level. Uh, yeah, approximately at the same level. I mean, you, you take a big step down with Chris Paul, but yeah, I mean Gallo and Montrezl Harrell, Sam Decker, and all that. It's still sort of the same talent level. Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle that they got so much for Chris Paul, who could have left as a free agent. Like, Mm -hmm. that worked out shockingly well for them. So, to salvage as much as they could. Pat Beverly, too. Like, Oh, yeah, right. It's going to be replacement by committee. Like, no no one player is going to have the impact that Chris Paul did, but combine Beverly, Teodosic, Decker, Harrell, Gallo... You know, I think the Clippers are going to be more competitive this year than they were last year. It's just the rest of the West also got a lot better. Uh, anyone else for you, Mort? I'm kind of excited about Jeremy Lamb, of all people. Oh, because um, of the Batum injury. Yeah, and also because he's always been a really, really good rebounder. Mm. And it seems like this has become sort of lost. And once again, in this preseason, he's really doing the work on the glass. I think he's a huge asset for them, especially if you have to take Dwight out of the lineup for more flexibility. Then you kind of have to push him in at the two or the three because he can go get them boards. And Mm -hmm. he's also an improving shooter. Now he's reaching that age where the talent starts to catch up with his entire mindset. I think he's in for a a pretty big season. He's not going to be the guy that we thought he'd be originally, Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be one of those guys who's come in and play 25, 27 minutes and end up with a very nice deadline on fine percentages and just be a guy you can have around for the next eight, nine years. Yeah, I buy it. Lord knows they're going to need the help with Batum out for the next two or three months. Yep. Um, I, I, I want to bring up the Boston Celtics. I'm actually... I, like. Nothing would make me happier than them struggling because their fans are all terrible and I want to see them all melt down on Twitter. Like, my worst nightmare is them coalescing well from the beginning and all of their fans just preening the entire season. Uh, Welcome to the NBA podcast where we love everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That said, I do think they're actually going to mesh pretty well quickly and I'm excited. Like, I really want to see... You know, Kyrie, what he, like, requesting a trade away from LeBron James is, it's a ballsy move. Like, it it took guts to say, like, look, you know, I could just stay here at least for the next year before you leave and compete for a championship this year with you, and I'll probably get back to the finals. I might be able to beat the Warriors. Like, I might get my second ring. I want the chance to lead my own team. He now has that chance. I'm excited to see what he does with it. I want to see Gordon Hayward back with Brad Stevens. That's going to be fun. I want to see Al Horford back in that like complimentary third role offensively. I want to see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. 
Like, are, are these guys going to live up to the hype that's coming out of Boston? Marcus Smart, big year for him. He's probably not going to get an extension. Are you going to, you know, do you, do you shoot above 40% from the field for the first time? If you do, you're probably getting paid next summer. Um, Terry, Terry Rozier. Rozier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the untradeable Terry Rozier. I was just about, <laughs> just about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they have a lot of fun pieces. And, again, their fans are going to ruin it for everyone. But the same kind of happened with Golden State over the last few years. So, at least we're used to it. We uh, love everyone. Please remember. <laughs> That's fine. You can find me on Twitter at BTaforic. Please murder my mentions at your <laughs> earliest convenience. <laughs> um, anything else, Sarah or Mort? It's a good yeah. note about Boston. I mean... Um, Kawhi VP? I think Kawhi VP. Would agree. Yep. <laughs> huh? I want to see if he shoots... 50 40 90 he's kind of flirted mm, with yeah. it the last couple of years was closer two years ago than he was last year but that um i should have mentioned davis and Bryn forbes too when i was talking about the spurs mm. shooting um those guys are probably gonna get some more minutes Bryn forbes um, is the next gary neal yeah he's a freaking flamethrower um, gosh what else something else on the tip of my tongue well, I'll do you a solid and plug the column you wrote for B-Ball Breakdown oh, about Dirk and Manu. Wow, yeah. you wrote something again? Yeah, nice. it's, no, it's really like good. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Plug away, Sarah, because this, is, this was your, it was a really good piece, I thought. Oh, thank you for, for, for that and for bringing it up. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, yeah, I think that's something to to enjoy this year while we have a chance is, you know, Dirk and Manu coming back for another season, Vince Carter. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone else, but yeah, that's something to watch for sure. Uh, you don't know how long we're going to get to enjoy these guys. So mm-hmm. definitely I'm going to absorb as much of that as possible. Nice. For sure. Yeah. And you get to have one more year of Manu retirement jokes from Mort every episode. So mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> no, that, that, that's old now. I have to find something new. Tony Parker yep. retirement jokes. Yeah, that's what's coming <laughs> next. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I think I've already made those as well. Yeah, I'm not Damn. sure. I have, and here's the thing: I've, if I made Pau Gasol retirement jokes, it wouldn't even be an insult. Right. <laughs> right. Sarah would just go, "Yeah, oh, okay, whatever." So, right, saves yeah. us thirty-two million. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, besides, any, I think I think if anyone needs to be made fun of, it's me. Look at the crap that Chicago is building right now. That's true. They're trying to shoot. That that's actually my final note on the preseason. The Bulls mm. are shooting the basketball, and it this annoys the shit out of me because you could have done this with Jimmy Butler. Oh yeah, you, you could have. You could yeah. easily have set this up with Butler in the middle of it and had all these guys who were there when Butler was there shoot those three this is just this is so typical because now they're going to use that as an excuse as to how butler didn't fit in it is it is coming you guys the worst sort of article (laughs) is a couple weeks away from the bulls with garforman saying well trading jimmy really freed us up right Right. yeah from sam smith from bulls.com i'm completely unbiased right yeah Yeah. god (laughs) Oh, I, I, I'm I not really that hyped for Eastern Conference ball. Let me just... Oh, well, the Sixers, Sixers I am. Sixers and the Bucks. Yeah, they're... 
and the Bucks as well. Those those two teams are must watch. But the rest of the East, good lord, Washington will be fun. They'll be Wall fun, but fun. mostly because of Wall and Beal and yeah. slightly Otto Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna turn their game off when the bench is in. Oh yeah, their bench is gonna be. Oh, and yeah. Sheldon Mack is out for the whole season now. Oh, it hasn't yeah. been upgraded to the whole season. Oh. Well, they said six to eight months, I think. So. Oh, that sucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah their bench is Ryan, gonna be rough again. You you mentioned I think in your things to watch uh, that you wrote. Uh, the Blazers and Nurkic and yes. Encore. That's one that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Will definitely be interesting as well. Yeah. And I my last one is we've we've talked about this throughout the hour about how, you know, lottery reform's coming in twenty nineteen, so this is the last time to really tank <laughs> and guarantee yourself a top four pick. Like I there are a bunch of teams that just entered a rebuild. Atlanta, Indiana kinda half assed it and they signed veterans to like Fain competitiveness. The Knicks and the Bulls did not. They are going to both suck something awful. I think, you know, it takes one injury and feet like if Eric Bledsoe gets hurt or Devin Booker gets hurt, Phoenix could be really terrible. The Lakers, I forget whose projections I saw on Twitter the other day, but someone projected the Lakers for a league low twenty three wins. Like they you know, Lonzo gets hurt, they are just toast. So I'm real well, and the Lakers what the, the Lakers don't have uh, both Brooklyn and the Lakers don't have their 2018 first round pick, so the Lakers have no incentive to be terrible, mm-hmm. but they might. Um, they might be awful with Lonzo as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. They. I mean, <laughs> I just think we are going to see some like unprecedented tanking this year. And last year, I thought it was pretty bad because like after the All Star break, Tyson Chandler just got shut down for the year. And then a couple of weeks later, Eric Bledsoe, perfectly healthy, like suddenly developed a quote-unquote knee soreness. And then Earl Watson called it a management decision. Like, he didn't even hide the fact they were just literally resting healthy players the entire year because they wanted to tank. And, like, I know the NBA just instituted those new rules about rest and, like, how you're not supposed to rest healthy players, especially on road games or on national TV. Like, how many DNP, like knee injury or toe soreness like i'm excited to see the bullshit excuses teams make up for resting otherwise healthy players especially toward the end of the year because i really at think at least at least the bulls don't need to make up excuses because they're just <laughs> yeah. that bad well zach levine like oh his That's acl true, recovery right? it got yeah. suddenly delayed until march oh bummer I, I actually have a question for you guys regarding the bulls let's assume they do end up with the worst record Mm-hmm. Are you actively rooting for them to get number the fourth pick? Yeah, oh yeah, just oh be- yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm right there. I'm not... I mean, <laughs> look, that way the management is run, I just don't want to reward that at all with the first pick. Because, like, Doncic, Bagley, and Porter seem to be... I mean, it's so early to say this, yeah, but yeah. they it's seem to be the area. consensus top three, and then, like, DeAndre Ayton was number four, probably. Yeah, and he could easily enter the top three, maybe yeah. the top one, yeah. So they're going to get a good player either way, but I don't want Doncic on the Bulls. Like, he doesn't deserve that. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think he and Markin would be extremely fun, but I oh, I, I don't I, I just don't want to see anyone struggle <laughs> in, yeah. in their early parts of the career by going to a team that has no clue what the hell they're doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, 
it's yeah that's that's it more than even rooting against the bulls getting something good it's i would wouldn't wish that on the number one yeah. pick yeah anybody, really <laughs> i mean i think I, we've made a lot of fun or i at least i've made a lot of fun of the bulls on this podcast but i also think that's kind of been a little bit silly of me because we should take a more serious approach to debating them it's a problem like what they're doing right now is it defies logic and it's i think it's hurting their entire brand they are going to try to be active on the free agency market look mm. i mean jimmy butler more or less without saying so because he's a class act has just routinely said i'm looking forward to the to, to starting my career over yeah. basically yeah. saying thank you chicago for getting me the hell out of dodge I think they have the poorest reputation in the league. The Bulls, uh, Blockable, the, the SB Nation site, they actually did something in regards to they, they pulled a bunch of writers and did like a scale 1 to 10. In mm. trust and management scored 1.6. <laughs> and it just speaks volumes. Like they, they have no trust from fans. They have no trust from outside GMs who knows. Well, they're not trust, but they know they can fleece them whenever they want. It's we should really do a podcast series about poorly run teams and just they starring the Knicks and Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. And that then would get be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Any any final thoughts, Sarah? Final thoughts. Rudy Gay. Yes. He's going he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He looks good. It's been fun to follow his Twitter. Uh he's been going <laughs> in on people who are saying he's washed up. Oh, uh, he took nice. issue with not being ranked in the top 10 small forwards. And somebody said, are you sure that's not because they just slid you over to four? He's like, yeah, I checked. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so just wait for this year. So nice. he's going to have a good year. It will be tempered somewhat by being a spur, you mm-hmm. know, so he's not going to get to go balls to the wall. But mm-hmm. he's he, he ran a sick, uh, like, side pick and roll with L.A. the other night in preseason. And it's just nice to have another guy who can do that. Um, mm. so I'm really excited about his fit and uh, going back to what Morton said earlier about I think he said Eric Gordon leading the league in threes mm-hmm. it could absolutely be a rocket I think that's a good good pick but uh, what you said about Steph I'm going to challenge a little bit just because I hope that yeah. he's going to get back to Steph who just destroys everything yeah. um, Steve Kerr said he, he looks as good as he ever looked, probably and had his absolute prime right now. Mm, and I just really want to see him do it. You know, uh, I think he did the thing last year where he took a step back a little bit to help Katie integrate and feel comfortable. But this year, I want him to say, forget all that. <laughs> Katie, you got your finals MVP, you got your ring, you're mm. comfortable now. Um, Clay, you know, he's still going to help everybody get theirs, but I want to see him just start pulling. Uh, he's been flamethrowing through the preseason and could be teasing us but i hope he mm. isn't i hope he's gonna keep it up uh i would love to see him vault back in to mvp talk even just because he's that good that he can't be denied despite who his teammates are oh don't um, don't mistake like what i think from what i want to see right, i definitely right, right. want here's the thing a couple of years back when he hit those 402 threes mm. that's a ridiculous number by the way <laughs> i was i was chatting with a friend and we were kind of going you know, we were shooting the shit and we were going next year he's going from 500 ha 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 then that conversation sort of developed into you know shit he he might actually go for 500 <laughs> like, he, he might actually try like why not 
You know, he yeah. just got 402, just 98 more over an 82-game season. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I know. I, I'm not going to put a cap on him. I just, I just had a feeling that with KD there and with the improved bench, and the Warriors are not really that. They don't love to play them big minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was just my logic going, I want Steph to flame throw the season. That was just, that would be wonderful. I think you should look at KD like, look, I don't know what's going on with you. You you came after my sneakers over yeah. the summer. Forget you. <laughs> Let me show you what's up. That's that's what I want. I think there is little, like, he's a really mild-mannered guy, but I think there's a little edge that maybe even developed even more over the summer. And I don't know. I'm just hanging. I'm grasping at straws, but I'm going to hope for that and think we might see it. Let's let's hope. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening to us throughout the off season. I hope we could provide some entertainment, and now we actually have things to talk about that will be updating shortly. The season starts Tuesday. Thank God we have finally made it. Um, so we will be recording throughout the season. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the off season stuff. We will definitely be staying consistent throughout the next couple months as well. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find all of our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined by Morton Jensen and Sarah Chalea. Have a good one, guys. You too, too. Brian. I'm going to Google who's the president of the Virgin Islands. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.